show this is Roland I am your host of the 20 minute runner podcast and I'm glad to have you here with me this morning I am presently standing on my porch it is not pitch dark but pretty close to it um, about 6:15 in the morning today's January 21st 2014 uh, today is Tuesday and so uh, I'm waiting for my watch to sink here as we get started. I've just come out, brought Tigger a little bit of food, and right now it is 31.2 degrees, so it's not too bad. It's going to get a lot colder than this over the next three, four days. Uh, lows are supposed to be down in the low teens, and highs are going to be a couple of days. I think uh, this will be the high, um, and one day it's not even going to be quite this warm. But it is good to see you here, or to have you here, I should say. I can't see you, and you can't see me, but you can obviously hear my voice. And um, for those of you who are new to the show, uh, let me say welcome, first of all. And let me say thanks again to Coach Jeff Smith for all that he has done to uh, help get me back on the wagon. It's taken a while, and hopefully it's going to pay off. And let me get my watch started. Here we go, get my light on, and we are off and running for episode 99 of the podcast, And uh, but what I was saying is thanks to Coach Jeff once again, and also if you are new to the show, what I'm going to do today, if you're new or you're not new, 
is uh, spend some time basically uh, telling what's been going on in my life um, and also what we're going to be doing in the months, Lord willing, the months ahead. So without any ado, I want to go ahead and go to that and we'll come back to the end of the run here in just a few minutes. But we are moving and we're glad to have you with us. And so let me introduce myself, tell you what's been going on, what my goals are for the coming year. And again, thank you so much for being here. It's good to be running with you and having you along. We'll be back in just a bit after I share that. And let me just say this, if you are not that interested in what's been going on with me in the past, then I would encourage you to zoom to about the last third of this show. You can skip two thirds of it. But I would encourage you to take time to hear what I have to share. It'll remind all of us about the journey we've been on and where we hope to eventually be. Alright. We'll be back. Thanks for being with me. Welcome to episode 99 of the podcast. It's so glad to, I am so glad to have you along with me today. And as we continue on this run, I just want to share some things with you. I want to break this down in a couple or three uh, parts if I could. The first one is going to be just a little bit about my background because some of you might be new to the show or if you've not listened lately uh, and I have not put out a show lately and I'll talk about why. Uh, other than a couple of weeks back with Jeff Smith. But the first part of this particular show, I'd like to just tell you a little bit about who I am and where I've been. Second part of the show, I want to tell you what's been happening with me over the last several months. And the third part of the show, I want to give you an idea of what my hopes are, what my goals are for running for this coming year, 2014, and even beyond that. So as we continue this run... um, Hope you enjoy uh, being with us, and we certainly hope that you'll be back as well. My name is Roland. I live in Thomasville, North Carolina, the Piedmont region, central part of the state. Thomasville is is located almost in the very center of the state. And we also are home of the world's largest chair. (laughs) That's our claim to fame. Thomasville has been a hub of furniture for many, many years, although that has drastically been reduced over the last several years with the economy and things moving out of uh, not only the area but out of the country. Um, And we have the world's largest chair. It's right downtown uh, at the railroad track, not far from a historic depot. And that chair was used, I know, at least in uh, one uh, commercial for Wendy's years and years ago. The people were traveling across the country looking at historic land site, uh, historic landmarks, and they came to Thomasville, and I believe they actually got up in the chair. You may remember that show or that commercial. It was an older couple, and they had some names. It was like, you know, Mabel and Earl or something, and they ended up in Thomasville, and they were at the big chair, and so that's the claim to fame. You may have heard of Thomasville Furniture. 
And by the way, if you're from North Carolina or this area, which I didn't grow up here, which I'll talk about that in just a second, but it's not Thomasville, it's Thomasville. So living in Thomasville, that is our claim to fame. But Thomasville Furniture was the big furniture uh, industry here uh, in Thomasville, and it actually still exists. At one time, there were five or six plants in Thomasville proper. Now that's been reduced to, I think, probably one active plant with a small showroom, and uh, some of the other plants uh, scattered across the town are still uh, closed. Thomasville uh, just got the award for an All-American City. Uh, I was able to go to a Chamber of Commerce, uh, vol not volunteer, but a, a uh, luncheon for Chamber of Commerce uh, members, actually. It was a dinner, a supper, if you're from the South. And they had a really great hypnotist there, by the way. That was very, very funny. I won't talk about that, but the program was funny. But anyway, um, of all these cities that are trying to get this recognition, they met in Denver last year. And uh, some of the folks with the Chamber of Commerce, city government went to Denver, made a presentation, and we were awarded that. So I live in Thomasville, the all-American city, uh, home of furniture. Not as much as it used to be, but it still is. We're located smack dab in the middle, just about, of the state of North Carolina. Uh, we are about three and a half hours, four hours from the beach, probably an hour and 15 minutes from the mountains. The closest town you might recognize would be Boone. The towns around where I live, the bigger cities, I'm about 20 miles from Greensboro. Uh, I live about four miles from High Point, and I'm about 18 miles from Winston-Salem. And to the southwest uh, of us is uh, Charlotte, which is about uh, maybe 90 minutes, if that, up the interstate. So we live in a very diverse uh, metropolitan area. The, it's often referred to as the tri Triad Triangle, which is um, Raleigh-Durham-Chapel Hill. We are the Triad, which is uh, usually referred to as Winston-Salem, Greensboro, and Burlington. But High Point is the largest city that's very close by, and it's, I don't know how many residents it has, but High Point, I'm sure it's over 50,000 people. Thomasville, I'm assuming, is probably uh, 20, uh, perhaps, something like that. Our county seat is Lexington, which is about eight miles away, which is, uh, uh, I don't know if Lexington's really population is bigger than Thomasville or not, but anyway, that's where we live. The terrain is uh, hilly. We do have some flat areas, but not very many. And just about every time I head out the door, no matter where I choose to run, I am running hills up and down. Uh, depending on where you're from, they could be good hills. Depending on where you're from, they might be, you may laugh and chuckle, but we do have some pretty good hills. And that does come into play into the training. I moved here um, actually to the home we live in now um, 12 years ago. Uh, I am a chaplain at a uh, CCRC, which is a continuing care retirement community, and um, it's called Piedmont Crossing. It's a part of United Church Homes and Services. We have three such campuses, one in uh, near the mountains, uh, near Hickory, one here in Thomasville, where I am, or Thomasville, and then we have one in southwest, southeast, rather, Virginia. But anyway, I've been here for about two and a half years. Before that, I was on staff at a large church in High Point. Uh, pastor of congregational care uh, at that church and before that I pastored uh, another church as solo pastor with uh, 
part-time help for thir- uh, 11 years. And my first church was two years. Um, very small church down in Brunswick County in the southeastern part of the state. So I am a chaplain at a CCRC um, nonprofit. Love what I do. Um, did some work at Baptist Medical Center, Wake Forest University here in, in uh, Winston. Um, CPE, clinical pastoral ed. That's the last formal education I've had, although I do have um, uh, a bachelor's degree, a master's, as well as a doctor of ministry from Drew University. also went to Asbury Seminary for my, doc- my uh, Master of Divinity and Southern Wesleyan University in Central South Carolina for my BA. Um, and so that's, that's who I am. I'm married. Um, my mother-in-law lives with us right now. She has for six years as of this past November. Um, my wife's name is Cindy, and uh, we we love living here and are just excited to see what may open in the in the years ahead. I grew up in southeastern North Carolina in a little town called Rose Hill, and also lived in Burgall and Wallace. And the Wallace area is where my family now lives. My mother, my oldest brother, his wife and family, my sister, older sister, her family's in that general area. And I do have another brother in Lumberton, he and his wife. And then I do have uh, another brother in that area younger than me and another younger brother who actually lives in Cleveland, Tennessee. And um, my parents divorced when I was two. My dad had uh, one of my younger brothers by his second wife. And my mom had one, the other younger brother by her second husband. My mom's husband passed away about three years ago. It'll be in February, I believe. Uh, he had multiple myeloma. I started running years ago with my brother Sammy, and uh, I've been off and on for several years, and have done a lot of racing in my life. Five um, Ks, ten Ks, did a ten miler years ago, and since I've lived in Thomasville, um, I have run uh, three half marathons and a full marathon uh, in the area, and um, so that's where we are. Uh, not that it would matter to you, but my PR for the half marathon um, is uh, 142.29, and my PR for the marathon is 4 hours, 5 minutes, and I think it was 12 seconds. Just did, just did uh, miss breaking 4 hours, which made me sick. But anyway, um, I am a chi runner, which basically means that I do believe in practicing the chi method. I've been doing that for about 3 years. Basically, without going into that, I would encourage you to go back to uh, some of the other episodes and search Chi, and uh, you will find that. I also included some uh, video related to that um, from Danny Dreyer, who is the uh, basically the instigator or the one who started Chi running. But without going into all the detail, uh, the gist of it is is your energy is in your midsection, uh, your gut, your uh, core. And you run with a leaning forward method, landing on the center of your feet. And uh, your feet, you want them to be just a little bit behind you, knees slightly bent, neck straight, uh, head up, arms swinging freely, but never crossing the midline of your uh, front of your body. And that is the general idea with Chi running. And I have found that I can run injury free if I use the Chi method, which has been great. I do believe in strengthening the core. Um, basically, for me, that's involved uh, sit-ups. Um, it's involved um, uh, crunches, that type of thing, and I also do push-ups. Beyond that, I don't do a whole lot of 
anything else related to core work, although I certainly would would uh, be interested in doing more, but that seems to have worked for me. I started the podcast. I'd have to go back and look, but I know it's been probably three years. Never thought it would go as far as it, it has gone, and I've really, really enjoyed it and have missed it. And if you didn't listen to the last episode, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that with Coach Jeff Smith from Brisbane, Australia. Uh, Jeff's a good friend of mine, although we've never met face-to-face. We've been on Skype several times, and he is a world-class running triathlete-type trainer. And I just want to say I appreciate Jeff giving me a little nudge to get another show out, and that's why we're uh, getting this show out as well. And I hope to produce one. I'd love to do it every couple of weeks, but it's going to take me a little bit to get back into the groove of that, but that really would be my goal. It's not that hard, but it does take quite a bit of time to edit a show and get it together, although I tremendously enjoy that. So that's who I am, and uh, I want to come back uh, here in just a second and tell you a little bit about what's been going on with me. This will uh, help some of you to know where I've come from, and it will help some of you to know why I have been out of the loop with the show as well, and I don't want to bore you with that. But uh, we'll come back here uh, immediately, and I will address that. I hope you will indulge me as I tell a little bit about what's been going on with me the past several months, actually, leading up to uh, uh, the present time. I have thoroughly enjoyed running and uh, have never quit, at least since the show's been on on, uh, the air, so to speak. But I have, uh, of the last several months, cut back tremendously for a number of reasons. And I feel like I want to share this with you because if you want to become a regular listener to the show, I feel like that I just want you to be caught up on where things are with me. And, uh, of course, the next episode will be all about getting back into the running. The whole episode practically will be on the road. As uh, many of you have listened to the show in the past years, have come to expect, and so we will certainly be doing that next time uh, we put out another show. That will be episode 100. Um, Several things have happened with me, and I just want to update you. And and One of the things that that I've always said is that this podcast happens to be a show uh, that mostly is done while I'm running, but it's a show about life. And so I believe in sharing what's going on in my life. Uh, that hopefully might be of interest to you, might be of encouragement or help to you. Um, and I also entertain any questions, uh, any comments, things like that, and I'll give you the information about how to contact me. I want to give you some quick technical information as we close this episode out uh, today. But some things that have been happening with us that I really need to go through fairly quickly, and I did mention some of these with Coach Jeff, but I want to go in just a little more detail because it's a little cathargic for me and also uh, lets you know what we've been dealing with. I will say this, running always helps every situation. It helps you with the stress, it helps you with the issues you're dealing with, it helps you with all of those things. And so that's why I've never quit, but I have slowed down dramatically because of some of the things that I've been involved with. And so if you'll bear with me, uh, let me just share a few of those with you and, uh, and I would appreciate that, you giving me that opportunity. This is not typical for an episode of the 20-Minute Runner, but I feel like that I do need to catch you up since I have been out of the loop so long. Um, The first thing that I would just want to talk about would be uh, what was going on with my wife, Cindy. She had gone for a 
CAT scan of her head. She was having problem with her vision. They found out that that was not really a, a serious issue, but that they did find something on her thyroid uh, as they did the head scan. And so basically, long story short, they found out that she uh, had a form of thyroid cancer that was malignant and it had spread into the lymph glands on her left, left arm. So Cindy went through the uh, surgery where you have the thyroid removed and then she also went through the uh, iodine um, where you deplete yourself of iodine for a period of time and then they give you radioactive iodine and if you know anything about the thyroid it loves iodine and so that radioactive iodine designed to kill those cancer cells actually will go everywhere any cancer cells might have spread beyond where the uh, where the thyroid was removed and so Cindy went through that that was about a year and a half ago and um, she's on Synthroid which has to replace the hormone that the thyroid produces and it takes quite a bit to get all that straightened out and if you don't have your uh, hormone from your thyroid you can have problems with mood, you can have problems with energy, you can have problems with a lot of that. So medically, Cindy was dealing with that and she has other medical issues, chronic issues that she's dealt with for years and years as well. She's not been the healthiest person in that regard, although she does very well, I think, considering. Anyway, we worked through that and then this past summer she actually went back and had a full body scan. It required two days to work through process of taking the radiation which would show if cancer had returned that type of thing and we are so glad to say that she is at this point at least in total remission they did not find any cancer she will have to deal with that right on and uh, but she's doing very well her synthroid seems to be where it needs to be and so we are thankful for that so that's one of the things we were dealing with many many doctor visits going to the uh, cancer doctors going to the hospitals, things like that, as we worked through all of that. And it did require a lot of my time to try to provide care for her as best I could during that period. So that was an issue. But backing up from there, another issue that happened, her parents moved in with us uh, six years ago this past November. So 2013 of November would have been six years. Cindy's dad got sick April of last year, so it's been less than a year eight or nine months now. But anyway, we went to the hospital, <clears throat> did not know how sick that he really was, and he went to the hospital on April the 8th, and uh, we were sitting out in the waiting room at the emergency room, and uh, they had checked his oxygen level was O2, and it was very low, and they said, can't be that low, so let's check it with another machine, and they got it up to 98%, and if you're familiar with O2 levels, you want them at least in the 90s. 100 is not really the best, but 98 is good, 95 is okay, 93 or 4 is fine. But his was, uh, he was standing down in the 60s. And so they rechecked him on another machine, said the machine they checked him with must not be right. They got a 98% reading. We proceeded to go back and sit in the waiting room. He, me, Cindy, her mom, her dad's husband, who uh, they were married 49 years, didn't quite make 50. But anyway, we finally went back over and they were going to check his vitals again because he had not been checked in. He had been through triage and all that. And his stats were still down in the 60s. And so they rushed him into the emergency room at that point. 
determined that his oxygen level was low. And they told us that they, the tech that came in said she had never seen anyone with levels that low who was still conscious. So ended up going into the hospital. That was April 8th, uh, late in the evening. It might have been the next morning, actually, we more hours in the morning. And um, we got him in, and over the course of several days, they could not get his O2 up. He ended up going on a BiPAP machine, which if you're familiar with that, if you're not, basically that machine forces air into your lungs. It's a mask that covers your face, your nose, and your mouth with two straps around the back of your head. It's very uncomfortable in that sense, and he struggled with that because he also had uh, early Alzheimer's, which we were dealing with as well. But over the period of his time at the hospital, um, he was alert mostly. Uh, but he struggled with that mask, and we actually had to do things to keep him from being able to reach the mask, uh, which, you know, we actually had to use restraints, but it was for his his life. It was not just, you know, something to keep him from being agitated. Um, we don't use restraints here at Piedmont Crossing for any of our residents, um, but at the hospital they did, and we gave the okay because he had to have the mask. Every time the mask was removed for him to eat, his stats would drop. But another problem with that is that as that air is being forced into your lungs, um, you become dependent on that machine, and it actually, the pressure is so high, it's damaging the lungs, the higher the pressure gets. And they kept having to increase the pressure until his lungs got to the point to where, obviously, they became damaged. But it's like uh, Catch-22. You can't live without it. You can't live with it, ultimately. So we reached a point where the uh, eight days later, um, we fed him one night and uh, helped him eat. And he was alert, seemed to be oriented. The mask was off, and uh, he talked to us. Uh, he remembered everybody's name. He remembered the name of our pets. He remembered things like that. And uh, also, his family just happened to come up from near Wallace, the southeast part of the state where I grew up. And he uh, was there at the hospital, and as they came, they were able to visit with him and did not know uh, what was coming up actually the next day they just the timing of it was just uncanny and from my perspective it's what I call a God thing God knew that and so his sister came up um, the only one that really was able to make the trip uh, a nephew a niece a family friend and they stayed well while they were there with us the doctor came in and talked to us and said you need to make a decision we either can put him on a respirator and hopefully that will give his lungs time to heal or we can remove the uh, CPAP machine as is and just, uh, or the BiPAP rather, and let, let nature take its course. Well, we did not want to put him on a respirator. Now, I do know working in the medical profession, I'm not a medical person, but I've been around it enough to know uh, the ling- some of the lingo and what happens. When you come off a, bi- a BiPAP machine, if you're not put on a respirator, if you've not improved, then inevitably you're going to expire. And so we didn't want to put him on the respirator because we didn't know if he would come off of it, and that would be an even harder decision. So basically we, uh, he was moved into critical care. They took him off of the uh, BiPAP machine, and we were able to go in and be with him, and he was very comfortable. They kept him comfortable. He did not regain consciousness. But we were there, all of us were there with him, able to tell him goodbye. I had prayer with the whole crowd. And he died within 20 minutes peacefully, and that was the 17th of April. 
So Cindy's cancer was an issue. Uh, his death, of course, was an issue. And then there's another issue I'll quickly mention. Uh, our schnauzer of 11 and a half years, Odie, which if you go back and listen to some of the previous episodes, you'll hear me talk about Odie quite a bit. And Jeff, thanks for uh, including that little clip at the end of episode 98 where I actually recorded one of the times when I finished a run and was going to go home and walk Odie and, you know, get my Gatorade, that type of thing. We did that a lot on the show. Well, Odie, uh, every morning I would get up, I would uh, go ahead and get his food ready, and I would walk him unless I went running, and then I would feed him when I got back and walk him, which is what that last episode, that clip, was one of those times. Well, back uh, October the 4th, um, I got up and went in there. Uh, Odie was in his crate. We let him out early. He jumped on the bed. He acted fine. But then when I went in to feed him, he came down the hallway, and he was not interested in his food at all. Now, Odie is a miniature schnauzer. He was highly motivated by food. And so I knew something was desperately wrong. And he just stood there. I put his harness on him. He let me do that. But he didn't lift up his left leg for me to slip the harness around, harness around like I typically did. So I picked him up and took him outside, got him in the yard, and he just he literally laid down. Cindy was not dressed at that point. It was early morning. And she said, let me get dressed and I'll go with you. And I said, no, I think this is more serious than what we're thinking. I need to get him to the vet now. So I called the vet, told them I was bringing him in, put him in the back seat. And as we were driving to the vet, I'd turn around and I would say, Odie, please don't die on me in the car. One of the hardest things I've ever done, I walked through my dad's death. Um, If you go to the website, there's a book listed there for as long as I can, a, a memoir of a son's son's memoir of his father's dying request. I kept a memoir of my dad's battle with cancer and uh, actually did his funeral and all that. Dealing with Odie, to me, uh, I know that a dog is not a human, but I am a firm believer that dogs have a special attachment to humans. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done. We got to the vet. I walk in with him in my arms, and I tell them I think my schnauzer's dying. They immediately take him back. I wait outside. Within three minutes, they come out and they say, we don't know if he's thrown a blood clot or he had had some liver conditions which seemed to be under control or perhaps something had happened with a tumor that they weren't aware of, but they said he is slipping away very, very quickly. So I immediately went in and uh, they asked me before I went in, do you want us to euthanize him? And I said, yes, I do not want him to suffer, and I don't. And so I went in, and they brought Odie in in a little blanket, laid him on the table. The attendant was there holding Odie. Uh, Her arms were on the table, and he was laying in her arms under the blanket. The doctor was there, and I was there with Odie. And he was somewhat conscious, but not really. But his eyes were open, and I think, I hope, that he heard me. So the doctor said, what I'm going to do is give him an injection to settle him down and he will be completely calm, and then I will give him an injection that will stop his heart. Well, she gave him the injection to calm him down, and before she got the needle back out, literally, uh, he stopped breathing, and she checked him, and she said he's gone. And so I was able to stand there through the whole thing, which lasted about two minutes. I was rubbing his head. I was kissing his muzzle, kissing the top of his head, telling him that I loved him, telling him how what a great dog he had been for us and that we would see him again. And yes, I do believe all dogs go to heaven. I don't know about all, but I do believe dogs go to heaven. And so I was able to be there for him. And uh, 
and I'm so thankful for that. I had often said that I would never be able to go through that if something were to happen to Odie, because he was my buddy. He was my buddy, and there's so many things I could say about him that I, I won't, but anyway, um, I left there and went home, and of course, uh, we we I just asked him to take care of the body. I didn't have anywhere to bury him or whatever, and uh, it took me probably... I'm still not over it, but it took me weeks and weeks before I stopped crying over that dog. Um, he was so close to us, and we were so close to him. And I thought I was doing well until two weeks later, the vet sent us a card, a, grieve, a, a bereavement card, and that card had a paw print in it, and that paw print was Odie's, and it was made after he, of course, had expired. And at that point, I just lost it. I handed Cindy the card, I broke down, and I went in the back bedroom. But I'm better from that now. We've talked about getting another dog. We've talked about uh, that. But right now, we just don't think it's the right time. We do have two cats inside that were strays, and we've got a cat outside that was a stray, Tigger. And you will have heard me talk about Tigger on some of the episodes as well. As of me recording this, she is still doing well. She's probably 12 or 13 years old, and it's been our cat for probably five years. But that's another story. <laughs> but you can hear that story on a past episode. So, Cindy's cancer, the death of her dad, the death of our 11 and a half year companion, which was so traumatic the way it played out. And then also, another issue with me is uh, I was out, uh, I, be, I planted a tree when my dad died, and um, that tree is a crabapple tree, flowering crabapple. And I planted that tree, and when I planted the tree, um, I planted it in memory of my dad. Well, that tree, he died nine years ago. Uh, as of this month, actually, January the 3rd, 2005. And that tree has produced two other trees, and actually three now. And the first time a tree came up underneath its canopy, I let it grow. It gets about two to three feet tall. And I thought, well, I'll dig that up with a shovel. And I started digging with a shovel uh, and realized, no, I need to cut, cut it with an axe because it's growing off the root. And so that's what I did. The first tree was no problem. But then this summer, the second tree had come up. One came up last year, another one this year. And this summer, the end of the summer, actually it was last spring, um, I had to do that again. A second tree had come up. And uh, I knelt down with a hatchet. And when I brought that hatchet down to cut that root, I felt something in my back that I had never felt before. Tremendous amount of pain. And Coach Jeff has helped me with that. Um, about how to deal with that and that back pain has really hindered my ability to run like I want to although right now it seems to be doing better and I need to do more core work to try to strengthen that or back specific strengthening exercises and so that has been an off and on thing last time I was home to visit my mother I was moving an empty file cabinet turned a little funny and the same thing happened again took me eight or nine days before I was able to not feel any pain to speak of from that so that has been a hindrance uh, as well with, with the running. So Cindy's cancer, her dad's death, Odie's death, my back. And then one other thing I'll quickly mention. I went and had my physical uh, several months ago, and my doctor said, Oh, now you're 50, you get the prize. And I said, What's the prize? He said, Well, you get a colonoscopy, and you're going to meet with Dr. Peters, who did one for you, uh, excuse me, who did an endoscopy on you years ago, because I do have reflux. And he's also going to do an endoscopy. 
So I went and had both tests in one week. The executive director here at Piedmont said I could probably come in the day before the colonoscopy because the prep is not that bad. Let me tell you, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. I will not tell you how many times I was in the bathroom. And they commented that I was very clean, and I knew I had to be because there was nothing left. But anyway, colonoscopy, they found a polyp and a little bit of diverticulosis, which is nothing unusual. Polyp was fine. And they did an endoscopy as well, and I had those both those procedures both done the same week, but not the same day. In the endoscopy, they uh, discovered I had a polyp in my esophagus, which they removed, and they also took nine other biopsies down the esophageal uh, esophageal uh, tube or whatever into my uh, top of my stomach, and uh, all of that came back negative. So I have no cancer, no colon cancer, no throat cancer, no stomach cancer, anything like that. But the doctor also found out that I do have a stomach ulcer. And so right now I'm about halfway through a regiment that is treating that ulcer. And he said that it will cure that ulcer. And I was put on omeprazole, which I had not taken. I was taking over-the-counter stuff that just didn't help it. And that omeprazole has been night and day with my reflux. So the ulcer should heal. My reflux is under control. And I don't need another colonoscopy for five years. Well, that didn't really hinder my running, but the prep for all that is just another thing that I could point to. So you've got Cindy's cancer, her dad's death, her dog's death, my back, and then the medical issues with the ulcer, which seems to be improving. All those things have kept me uh, at least back from where I was. And you may say, well, Roland, why didn't you run through most of that? Because you just said earlier running is such a great way to get through it. The reason is because you get so overwhelmed and so tired that sometimes things just slip through the cracks, and that's basically what's happened. I love the podcast. I love running, and I do have some goals and plans, and uh, we're going to take a break right here, throw on some music, and when we come back, I'll quickly share those goals with you and some technical updates that we're hoping to implement after episode uh, 100, which I'll talk to you about here in just a minute. Right now, just remember, you're listening to the 20-Minute Runner Podcast. This is episode number Hey, this is how, 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 h
Okay, we are back. Thank you for bearing with me as I shared about my background a little bit. And there's so much more I could say, which if you go back and listen to previous episodes, you can learn a lot more about me than you probably ever wanted to know. But I um, will encourage you to do that. Go back and listen to any of the episodes. Uh, It's amazing. Once in a great while, I'll go back and pull one out and put it on my thumb drive and listen to it in the car. But... um, it's amazing uh, the journey that we've we've taken, and many of you have taken that journey with me, and I appreciate your support. I've had emails, I've had tweets, I've had Facebook postings, uh, Roland, where are you, what's going on with the show, that type of thing, and uh, I apologize, but I wanted to give you an idea of where I am and where I hope to be. So I've told you a little bit about myself again, just to refresh yourself and me. I've told you a little bit about what's been going on that I think is hindered me from doing some of the things, such as the podcast, the way I want, or have wanted. And uh, now I just want to share very quickly with you some of my goals. Uh, But before I do that, let me just say that beginning in episode 100, we are going to have a new, um, not format, but I hope to have a new opening, a little more exciting, uh, because I really want to put the proper perspective on this podcast And I'm to the point now where if I'm going to do it again, I want to do it right as far as I'm able. I'm not a professional podcaster. I'm not a professional uh, journalist or anything like that. But I'm just someone that loves running and loves life in general. And again, this podcast, I will give you tips. I'll give you hints. I'll give you my uh, take on what's been going on, uh, the things I've learned about running. But I also um, will share a lot about life in the process And you'll also be able to follow me as I train for various races and things like that. And hopefully that will encourage you and help you as well. But I did want to tell you that we will have a new uh, opening segment, just the introductory uh, clip for the podcast beginning with episode 100. And uh, that's going to be exciting. And also what I want you to do, and please listen closely to this, if you would like to send me uh, some information, you can find me, go to Twitter, uh, look at look up 20 Minute Runner, go to Facebook, look up 20 Minute Runner, or you can email me at 20minuterunner at gmail.com, 20minuterunner at gmail.com. Send me a short thought, send me a blip, send me uh, encouraging words, send me your thoughts on reaching 100 episodes, uh, send me a, a um, audio file if you'd like. And I will try to incorporate all of that into the 100th extravaganza episode. So again, look me up on Facebook, 20 Minute Runner, Twitter, 20 Minute Runner, or 20 Minute Runner at gmail.com. That's 20 Minute Runner at gmail.com. Any of those ways, if you'll send me information that you would like to be included in the show, I will include that whether I read your comments or whether I actually include an audio file in the show body of the show itself so that's coming up plus the new uh, intro that we spoke about also while i don't have it in front of me i probably am going to be taking down the 20 minute runner blogspot.com website and the reason for that is twofold number one um it is hard to maintain it It's, it's gotten a little cluttered and i need to clean it up But secondly, just as important or more so, is this show is actually hosted by Podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com. And they do have a good selection of of tools that I can use to host the show there, to post it there. 
along with any written comments that I may make about the show, along with show notes as far as who the music, what the music was, where it's from, that type of thing. And also, um, I can uh, embed a player there, and you'll be able to download the show from there as well. The feed, as far as I understand, would be just what it is now. It's just instead of going to 20-Minute Runner or the20minuterunner.blogspot.com, you'll be going to, I think it's either the 20-Minute or 20-MinuteRunner.podbean.com, but I'll give you more information about that uh, in the next episode. So just know that the Blogspot will be coming down. It's redundant. Uh, Every time I uh, do a show, I have to do the one on Podbean. Uh, the posting, that information, and then I also do the one on Blogspot, and it's just redundant, and uh, there's no point in me having to do both. It just takes more time, and it really is not fulfilling uh, anything more than the Podbean site. Plus, if you just go to 20 Minute Runner and look it up on the internet, you'll find where the show is hosted as well. So I will give you the direct information about the Podbean uh, site where it's hosted at the next episode. But you could go ahead and go to podbean.com and look up 20-Minute Runner or the 20-Minute Runner, and you should be able to find it as well as access back episodes. And I will not take down the other um, site until we've done a couple of shows um, that I've just dedicated to Podbean. And uh, then we will slowly... Or after that, we'll quickly remove the uh, blog spot. And that way, we will have one site, a clean site that's easy for me to manage, get quality material there, get the audio on it, any comments I need to make. You'll still be able to contact me in the various ways I mentioned, and uh, we look forward to that. But I'll talk to more, more to you about that later. The last thing I want to talk about today before we get back to the end of this run is what am I going to be doing this year? This is January. We're beginning a new year. Um, All of us have our desires, our goals, our things like that that we want to do. Well, when I talked to Jeff on episode 98, if you remember, if you didn't listen, you might want to go back and catch that. Um, Jeff challenged me to uh, run two different half marathons. I mentioned the um, Run to Victory, which is Victory Junction Marathon in Randleman, which is uh, a part of... uh, of uh, Victory Junction, which is the camp for disabled kids run run by uh, Kyle Petty, the son, and he's a race car driver, he was, of the big-time race car driver, Richard Petty. That race is in October. And another one that I've run, uh, half marathon, that I really, really enjoy, uh, PR there as well, is the Cannonball in Greensboro. Uh, That race is also in October. I found out those races are about two weeks apart. I don't believe I can do both of those together. I thought the Cannonball was late in October and the uh, Victory Junction was toward the end of September, but they're not. They're close together. And so, in looking around, I've decided, and don't hold me to this, but I will let you know, I've already mentioned it to Cindy, call me crazy, but I found out that the marathon that I ran in High Point, which was moved to Charlotte, has basically, it's still in Charlotte, but another race was begun last year in Greensboro, which is about 15 or 20 miles from me, and that race is actually October the 18th, I believe. It's a half marathon, but it also is a 5K and a marathon. So I am toying with the idea, instead of running any halves this fall, running the marathon. And if you've listened to the show before, you know my goal would be to ultimately break four hours. I ran 4.05. I had knee injuries before the race, just a few weeks before. Got pretty discouraged and then had about two, three weeks to try to work through that. 
ran with knee bands on both knees and squeaked out a 405, but I really believe I can break four hours, but if I don't, it's okay. But if I could break four hours, I probably would be content. If I never ran another marathon, it would be okay, although I do like running the marathon, but the half is my favorite distance. So my goals for this year are to more than likely try to train for the marathon in October, the Greensboro Marathon. And I think that you can go, I know you can go to the web, look up Greensboro Marathon, and you can find that information. And perhaps run a, a half marathon uh, later on in the winter time. Uh, there's a couple of others in the area that are like the end of December, well, middle of December and into January, February. So I might do one of the halves then. But if I can get it together, my goal would be to run the marathon in Greensboro in October. Now, I am committing myself to you, going to be accountable, as Jeff and I talked about, by telling you that information. So don't hold me to it. But right now, my goal would be to slowly build up my mileage to about 25 to 30 miles a week over the next uh, three, four months. And then beginning, uh, let's see, October, let's see, September, August... July. About the middle of June, I would begin specific training for the marathon itself, just like I did before. And by the way, I did record the marathon, the training, and we recorded the day of the race when I ran the previous marathon. If you'll go to um, 20minuterunner.blogspot.com, you can uh, search for marathon, and hopefully you can find that episode. I forget the number. But uh, we recorded, and if you want to be motivated even now, even though that was two years ago, three years ago, if you want to be motivated to train for your marathon, go back and listen to the three or four episodes leading up to that and then the episode of the marathon itself. So that's my goal. Marathon, October, I believe it's the 18th. Begin specific training for that in the middle of June and really try to ramp it up, building up to a 21-mile long run. Probably would do an 18, a 20, and a 21 leading up to that as well as, of course, several uh, shorter than that. Some speed work, tempo work mainly. And uh, I've done it before, and I believe I can do it again. I turned 50 this past September, and I feel like if I'm ever going to try to break four hours, this would be it. Although, if I don't, that's okay. Just knowing I can train up to that quality level again and finish the thing would be just a tremendous, tremendous uh, achievement in my mind. So that's who I am. If you have any questions about the show, about me, any comments, especially remember for episode 100, which will be the next episode, hopefully out by the uh, first week of February, something like that, then I encourage you to send those to me via Twitter, Facebook, or email. And if you will especially mention in that, this is for 100, this is for 100, that will let me better know that, yeah, I need to especially pay attention to this because I want to use it in the show. But anyway, uh, we're going to get back and finish up this run, and uh, we'll look forward to being here in a couple of weeks uh, or so with another episode of the 20-Minute Runner, and um, it's been great having you with me. And so let's get back on the road, and let's wind up this episode. Again, you're listening to the 20-Minute Runner podcast, episode number 99. Today, by the way... um, or this is, is being recorded uh, in January of 2014, just by timestamp. I do want to mention that. So this is when we hopefully are getting back on track with all things that I've spoken about today. So let's get back on the road, and we'll wind up this show, and we look to hear from you. Send me anything you'd like, and I will be sure and respond. Okay, thank you. 
Let's get back to the road now and finish up this run. Okay, we're finishing up this run. So hang there with me for just a minute. Going up a hill. We're gonna soon wind this one up. I uh, want to thank you for listening today, for allowing me to ramble. Of course, when you're the host of the show, you can sort of do things like that, as long as your audience permits it. So thank you for that. Here we go. Should be finishing right under this light. We were averaging 9.42 on that last mile, which is nothing to write home about, but we're thankful. Okay, as I walk around a minute and catch my breath, let me close it out by saying thank you once again. And thank you to all of you who have sent emails, joined me on Twitter and Facebook. And Coach Jeff, the show we did together, I had 80 hits in one day, which is a lot for me for one day, especially having been out of it for months. So, thank you for that. And I will give you more information about the technical aspects. Not technical to you, but just some things we're doing with the website. Uh, Moving it over, transitioning to a sleeker, cleaner, easier to manipulate format for the show notes and things like that. More about that next episode. Well, I guess this is it for now. Uh, Lord willing, I'll be back in two weeks with another episode. And that one, I'm sure the entire thing will be about uh, what's going on in uh, other aspects of running not simply what's been happening with me and what I hope to do, although I will share with you some details about the marathon planning, some dates, things of that nature. So, do you take care? I look to see you on the podcast in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening, and as always, thanks for sharing some of the road with me. You've been listening to episode 99 of the 20 Minute Runner podcast. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.